Well, last Sunday, my sermon was on the love of God. And if you're here, you might remember that my text was from Jeremiah 31.3, where God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. And I talked about how amazing it is that God loves us and that God's love is unconditional. I talked about how God's love is everlasting. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. Nothing you can do to cause God to love you less. And I talked about how God, in his love, draws us to himself. And how God, in his love, directs the course of our lives and the steps that we take. All for our good and for his glory. You know, to experience the love of God is a wonderful blessing. And sometimes we have a a hard time just accepting that fact, don't we? Sometimes we really wonder how God could love me. How God could love me in my condition. How God could love me that way. Deep down, sometimes we think God really doesn't love us. Or sometimes we think we have to do something to deserve or to merit God's love. To entice him to love us. The more you grow in your experience of the love of God, the more confident you'll be in life, the more at peace you will be, and the more joyful you'll be. And I begin there this morning because if you haven't figured it out yet, life is hard. Even for believers, that's a 90-year-old saying amen to that. She ought to know, shouldn't she? Even for believers, life can be very difficult. But the more you know that God loves you, and the more you live with a daily sense of God's unconditional love, the more you'll be able to press on through those difficult days and those hard times. And that's what my sermon is about this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Where at the end of that verse, Paul says, we do not lose heart. And that's a temptation we all face, isn't it? It's very easy to become discouraged, to become downcast, to throw up our hands sometimes and say, well, what's the use? It's easy to think that you just can't go on, that... You just can't do it or you don't want to face it. We all go through times where we are tempted to lose heart. And so I want to see what the Bible has to say about that this morning. Several things I'm going to bring to your attention. First, I want to point you to the one thing I think that caused us to lose heart more than anything else. And that's simply the circumstances in which we live As I said a moment ago, life is hard. We live in a broken and fallen world. We deal with broken and fallen people. You know, even our best relationships are flawed. Our lives and the lives of those that we deal with every day are marred by sin. So we encounter sickness and death, fear and doubt, depression and anxiety, disappointment and sorrow, Pain and grief, pressure from all sides. And sometimes it's real easy, isn't it, to become discouraged 
and to want to just lose heart. And that's the context in which Paul gives us these words here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look down with me at verses 8 and 9. Where Paul says this, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Paul says that he was afflicted, Perplexed, persecuted, and struck down. But in the face of all that, he did not lose heart. Now, of course, from the biblical perspective, from our biblical perspective, when we talk about the circumstances of life, our circumstances, we're talking about the providence of God. Nothing just happens. There isn't anything known as luck either bad luck or good luck the Bible says in Psalm 139 all our days were ordained for us when as yet there was not one of them and part of maturing as a believer is simply being able to embrace what God's providence brings to deal with it gracefully and not to lose heart in the midst of it. As I was meditating over this sermon, I began to think of the lives of some of the great men in the Bible. And I realized every one of them was the same as us. They all dealt with difficult and adverse circumstances. And they had to learn not to lose heart in the middle of it. Sometimes they were tempted to lose heart and to give up, but they pressed on in the midst of it, believing in the goodness of God and trusting in the providence of God. Abraham, for example, had to deal with a lot of different family issues, didn't he? You know, he had to deal with being called to leave his home place, to go to a land he, he didn't know, to live among a people that were complete strangers to him. Then he had to deal with uh, a wife who was uh, childless, wanted a child, and because of the steps taken, there was all this jealousy between her and his handmaid Hagar. He had to deal with the situation with his nephew Lot and the bad choices he made, and the consequences that brought upon the city of Sodom. Had to deal with the, the time when God called him to sacrifice his own son. Take his son to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice. And Abraham, in the midst of all that, kept trusting God and did not lose heart. Moses had to deal with 40 years of exile. And then after the 40 years of exile, God called him to go back to the place he had run from to face the man who had threatened to kill him, Pharaoh. Then he had to deal with all the issues related to trying to lead a stubborn and obstinate people. Had to deal with all their grumbling, as we've seen on Sunday nights. All the frustrations of leading them through 40 years in the wilderness. 
And you know, Moses, because of his own disobedience, was kept from going into the promised land himself. Yet through all that, Moses pressed on and did not lose heart. David had all kinds of personal difficulties, didn't he? Had the running conflict with Saul early in his life where, you know, Saul did his best to try to kill him. He had his own personal struggles with temptation and his own besetting sins. As we read in Sunday school this morning, he suffered the death of his own infant son. He had all kinds of problems with the children. Disappointed him. Who rebelled against him. Who broke his heart. And David struggled with depression. So I read from Psalm 42 this morning. Where David, as Gavin said, was preaching to himself and said, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him. Even in the midst of his depression, he encouraged himself to continue hoping in God, believing in God, and pressing on in the midst of it. It might just be the day-to-day issues with which you struggle. It might be a more severe issue, like a major illness, a financial setback, or a broken relationship. It might be the spiritual warfare that you engage in every day, sometimes which is very, very intense. Whatever it is, your circumstances can lead you to want to just lose heart and give up. The Bible says, don't do that. Not only do we have the example and the testimony of many of the Old Testament saints who went through enormous difficulties and did not lose heart, but we have the the exhortation through the Holy Spirit to the Apostle Paul telling us not, not to lose heart. And second, I want to look at some specific areas in our lives where the Bible says that we're not to lose heart. Specific places in the Bible where God says do not lose heart in this and one of those is in prayer how many of you have ever been inclined to lose heart in prayer I would imagine if you're honest with yourself some of you are losing heart in prayer right now And you can tell that by asking yourself, how much do I pray? Jesus told a parable one day. It's in Matthew chapter 18. Or excuse me, Luke 18. About a woman who had some people who were bothering her and oppressing her. We're not sure of the circumstances of that. But she needed some help, and so she went to the judge to try to find some relief. But the judge, Jesus said in the parable, he didn't respect man, he didn't fear God, and he didn't care about this woman. And so he didn't, he didn't help her. But the woman wouldn't take no for an answer, and so she kept coming back to the judge over and over again saying, Give me relief. And finally, just because she persisted 
the judge gave her what she asked. Now, the point of the parable is not that we bother God or we badger him into doing what we want him to do. But the point of the parable is we're to be persistent in prayer and not lose heart when we pray. Look at verse 1 of Luke 18 where the purpose for this parable is given. Now he, that is Jesus, was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Another areas of life where we're not to lose heart is when we experience affliction. That's what I've been talking about already in this message about our circumstances. We sometimes bring affliction into our lives. It goes without saying that our circumstances can be that way, bringing pain, difficulty, all the rest, and because of that we want to lose heart. You know, no one wants to lose heart when things are going well, do they? It's when things are going hard, bad or hard or difficult that we tend to lose heart. Look, look down in our text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 to verses 16 and 17, where again Paul describes his own situation and he says this, Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Paul's saying, look, we're afflicted. But in our affliction, we don't lose heart. And part of the reason Paul was able to say this is because he understood an eternal perspective. Kind of what Gary James has been giving us in Sunday school. It's so easy, isn't it, to become focused here on the here and now, the things we experience today without realizing there's a connection between what's happening today and what's going to happen in the future. It's interesting that in the, the text, to, to encourage himself not to lose heart, Paul compares the afflictions he has now with the glory he'll experience later. And he says, you know, these, these afflictions, they're really, they're light. There's not a whole lot to them compared to the great glory one day we will experience in heaven. And so the Bible says don't lose heart in times of affliction. And one of the ways you can do that is by keeping your eyes focused upon the great reward and blessing that is ours in heaven. Still another area where we're instructed not to lose heart is in doing good it's interesting isn't it I know sometimes we all begin to think what's the use you serve others you sacrifice your time and your energy you do good things it seems like however you don't accomplish much or it's not much appreciated and so you ask yourself, why am I doing this? 
And the answer probably should be, well, I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. But it's easy sometimes to lose heart, isn't it, in doing good. And God tells us specifically not to do that. Look at Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6. In verse 9, where he tells us, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And then he goes on in verse 10 to talk about how we're to do good to all people, but especially to the household of faith. I think this is one of the areas kind of like prayer. Well, God knew that it would be easy for us to become discouraged. Easy for us to lose heart. And so he says, don't lose heart in doing good. Realize that there'll be a time of reaping if you just keep sowing. And from the biblical perspective, don't you understand, we're not responsible for the benefit. We're not responsible for the result. We're not responsible for the reaping. We're responsible for the sowing, for the doing of the good. We leave it up to God to take what we do and use it for the good of others and for His glory, and so we do not lose heart. And then look also with me at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We find a very similar thing. 2 Thessalonians 3.13. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good. Just like with prayer, God knew that because of the weakness of our flesh, it would be easy for us to, to grow weary, to lose heart in doing good. And yet he tells us not to lose heart in it. And third, I want to show you from the Bible what we're going to do when we begin to lose heart. And I want to start with our text from Second. Corinthians chapter 4 where the most important thing is found which is to rely on the mercy of God notice what Paul says here therefore since we have this ministry as we have received mercy we do not lose heart it appears to be in the text there's a real connection between the experiencing of the mercy of God and the ability not to lose heart or to keep pressing on in life. I think it goes like this. The more you experience the mercy of God, the less you will be tempted to lose heart. The Bible is clear. You cannot live the Christian life on your own. You must depend daily on the grace, the strength, and the mercy that God provides. To try to please God and to live the Christian life on your own is a recipe for disaster. You remember what Paul said in Philippians 4, I can do all things, but how? Only one way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's what Paul's saying here. If you don't want to lose heart, then depend on the mercy of God. If you don't want to lose heart, do what Paul did, who says... We've been given a ministry. 
The ministry is hard. That's what he's saying in 2 Corinthians. All the way through, he's talking about how hard his ministry was. How he was persecuted for his faith. And because of his commitment to the gospel. And he says, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Another thing to do when you begin to lose heart is to keep on keeping on. Now I know that might sound like a contradiction to what I just said about the mercy of God, but it really isn't. For us to rely on the mercy of God and depend on the strength that Christ provides does not mean that we put forth no effort. The Bible never gives us that perspective on the Christian life. There's always a balance between what God does for us and what we do for God. Between trusting in God on the one hand and obeying God on the other. Between relying on God's grace and doing what God has called us to do. I want you to look with me for a moment at Judges chapter 8. While you're turning there, I'll tell you the, the background of the verse we're about to read. Jeremiah, uh, Judges chapter 8. It, it's the story of Gideon fighting against the Midianites. And you remember the story. Gideon started with uh, an army of 32,000. But God thought that was a few too many. And so he began whittling down the army until Gideon was left with 300 men. And even Gideon had reservations about going against the Midianites with so few men. But he overheard someone giving the interpretation of a dream. And the interpretation of that dream gave him great courage. And so, he had his 300 men equipped with a trumpet and with a jar. And in the jar, there was a lighted candle. And when the time came, Gideon gave the signal, and they shouted, a sword for Gideon and a sword for the Lord. They blew their trumpets, they broke their jars, and the Midianite army was scattered, confused and scattered. So then Gideon solicited the help of some other Israelites, and they went to pursue the Midianites. Now, it had been a very physically and emotionally taxing experience. But I want you to look at verse 4. Then Gideon and the 300 men who were with him came to the Jordan and crossed over, weary yet pursuing. I want you to hang on to that. They were what? Weary. Weary yet pursuing. To be honest with you, I had originally planned to preach from that verse. But then the Lord led me to the text from 2 Corinthians 4 about not losing heart and I said well I'm going to put these things together what a testimony 
Because aren't you there sometimes? Whether it is in your work, you're just worn out. Whether it's in your family, some of you are in busy times of life. You are running yourself ragged, trying to keep up with your children and all their activities and the places they need to be and things they need to, to do. And you just might be about worn out. Might be in your marriage. There's a lot of conflict. And you're just about done. Worn out. Might be in the church. We're not a big church. What needs to be done is divided among a small group of people. You might feel like you're asked sometimes to do something one too many times. Might be just a little bit worn out. The Bible says don't lose heart. You might be weary with it. You might be very, very weary. It'll be like Gideon and the 300 men who were weary and yet continue to pursue. That's the way life is, isn't it? Sometimes you just got to keep on keeping on. And there's one other thing the Bible says to do. When you're about to lose heart, and this is the most important thing, and that is to look to the example of Jesus. Jesus is our example in all we do. You know, some years ago, there was uh, all the rage in Christian circles was WWJD. What would Jesus do? You know, I didn't join the rage, but it's a good question to ask, isn't it? Because we are to have the mind of Christ, and we're to think Christ's thoughts after Him. We're to consider what Jesus would do in our situation. And how we can live in a way that reflects his holiness and his righteousness. I want you to look at one more passage. And that's Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 are very, very familiar verses. Where the writer of Hebrews, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, talks about this great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And let me just read it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's the keep on keeping on. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Too often we stop there. Let's look with you at verse 3. For consider him, that is Jesus. Consider Jesus, 
who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I don't care how difficult your life is. Jesus went through something far more difficult. I don't care how hard life is for you right now. Jesus went through something far more difficult. The Bible says, consider him. Look to Jesus. Who went through all of that. Not just to accomplish your salvation, but so that you, you will not grow weary or lose heart. So when you face those times, and some of you may be there right now, look to Jesus and find in Him the mercy and the help you need to keep pursuing even though you're weary. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And we pray that you would help all of us no matter where we are in life, no matter how hard or difficult it is, to rely on your mercy and the example of Jesus, the strength that he provides. We might not lose heart. We ask it in his name.